Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Encounter Sounds podcast. I'm your host, Rudy Ribeiro. I have my friends, Tyler England, Taylor Ford. How are you guys doing? Doing Wonderful. good, doing good. Wonderful. Tyler just came from a little trip to Ohio. How was that? Cold. Cold? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it was great. It was cold, but it was great. Um, yeah, we went up there for two days um, to the North Great. North Gate. North Great. North Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, to the North Gate. Um, it was a good time up there with um, uh, Tina Lovejoy, who joins us a lot um, yep. in our worship flow, and um, Pastor Jimmy up there. So that was fun. It was my first time getting to go up there, and, man, it was absolutely awesome. Um, it's always amazing when Apostle steps in and is able to go visit the son's houses. It's always so huge for mm-hmm. those actual houses. It's yeah. amazing. Um then we got to kind of do a hodgepodge of musicians from a couple different places and um, for the team on the weekend. and It was a lot of fun. Um, I would say that their, their house, probably more than any house in our family, I've, they do so well with the uh, transgenerational part of worship. Yeah, absolutely. They do that so well. Yes, they and do. Um, our second night there, uh, Tina's little girl, uh, Sissy, and mm-hmm. um, another little girl there, uh, Talani, 13 and 14 years old, mm-hmm. they just took over the whole worship set, and it was unbelievably strong. Come on. And um, it stirred me mm-hmm. big time. They do that so well there. We've always celebrated that, but uh, it was an awesome weekend. Yeah. yeah. A lot of we, fun. I, yeah, I, wa- I was watching online, and it was, it was really powerful. So strong. And, and that's something that I admire so much about them is – how much they put the kids. Oh, yeah. They're know, so good at that. things yeah. and up front. And so good at that. Because it, if you're trying to make things look perfect and sound amazing, maybe you're going to wait a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, you mm-hmm. know, that's amazing. You throw them there. And that's how it was done with me. Yeah. When I for started. Sure. You know, Same. Same. All, all of us. Same. I was terrible. And, yeah. you know, hey, just go. Just yeah, go for yeah, it. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. And Our desire to be excellent and professional in 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 services has dismantled that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they they have they do that well. But. Yeah. yeah, and I think that also speed up a lot the maturity maturing as a musician. Mm-hmm. And I remember church is so great for that because I remember I started playing really early in church, and just like you guys. Yeah. And then when I went to music school. And I was in, a, I was doing like a classical uh, training, classical yeah. music school. And a lot of my colleagues in school were not from church. Mm. And it was interesting when it was time for a recital or time for, we would have a, a test at the end of the trimester or semester in front of different teachers. So they had like a teachers judging everything you, yeah. you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember how it was nerve-wracking, but for all my friends that were from church, it was way easier. Yeah. You're yeah. playing in front of people. You do it all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. So <laughs> for sure. you don't yeah. freak out as much. Yeah. And I remember yeah. no some of my friends that didn't have that experience, it was like nerve-wracking. They, yeah. they couldn't breathe, and they were like anxiety was through the roof. And I thought, man, that's valuable. Oh, you know, yeah. In front of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't even realize that you're getting conditioned mm-hmm. to, to do things that are more difficult for people that don't have that experience. So I really love that. And seeing that with the kids playing, and, oh, yeah. you know, it's really valuable. So 
Such a big deal. Big shout out to the Love Joys. We love them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big yeah. time. Big time. But uh, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about on this podcast today. And there's no way for us to share all the creativity and the new, you know, the music we create and the amazing things that God does in worship without two main things in our culture. And one is the importance of having a spiritual father, mm. someone that it's guiding us in, in, in this in this path. And I, I would love to talk a little bit about that and, and kind of hear from you guys what does having a spiritual father mean to you, the impact personally in your life, and then how that impacts you as a creative. And also love to talk about the importance of the teaching. Because mm. yeah. there's no way to decouple what God has done in worship without what the teaching does as a foundation to everything we do. Yeah. And I, I do have an example that I want to share towards the end. So for those that are interested in, in hearing some music, we're going to have a little bit of music towards the end. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to share, you know, uh, it's a song that Tyler wrote that was really, really important to our family for, for the past few years. And I'd love <coughs> to kind of talk a little bit about the teaching that preceded that song and then the moments we experienced with that song. So... Uh, maybe Taylor, I think, uh, I'll start with you. I know for you, it's, uh, it's, there's a side of family and spiritual yeah. father. So it'd be interesting to hear from your side and we go from there. Well, we, uh, we kind of alluded to it a little bit in the first podcast, talking about how I've been connected to Pastor Brand Waddell for, um, a little over 10 years now. And, um, I would say, you know, a decade ago or so, I had no concept of what a spiritual father really was. I don't even know that I ever heard the term, yeah. if I'm just being honest. I mean, mm -hmm. you, had, you had elders in your life. You know, the more church terms that I was more familiar with was elders or, or mentors or your pastor. And I don't think any of that's wrong. It's just that was the language I understood. Um, but the one thing I, I think that I'm really appreciative of, even from my grandfather's perspective, who was a pastor for 40 years, Pastor Garlandfall, was he loved and honored people from all walks of life. So I grew up with a sense of honor in my heart that no matter what someone was from or their walk of life or whatever, you always were honorable to people. Um, but from a young age, um, I looked up to Pastor Brent. I mean, he was, he's, um, we're related. We're first cousins. I, uh, our moms are our sisters. And um, so I never looked at him as a family member, though. Um, I always knew he was different than everybody else in our family because everybody in my family was so, I mean, just uber talented. Everybody played, sang, or did both, and it was like, They, any of them could have been a recording artist or on television or whatever. I mean, very talented family that I came from. But I knew that there was something different about him. Now, I, I can't, it's hard to explain because a lot of this stuff, it operates in the intangible. There's, I, when you say, how did you know? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. You know, as the, old, as the old church would say, I just, I knew in my knower. Yeah. And people used to say that back in the day. I just, I just knew down here that there was something different about yeah. him. And I knew at the time the only language I had was, is I want to do ministry with him one day. I want to be with him. I, just, I don't care what it is. 
I want to be with him. Um, you fast forward to years later, he went off and moved to different places and was doing great things and uh, being a part of other ministries. And when he came back to North Carolina, we were in North Carolina, so he came back to North Carolina in 2012. He took over the church our grandfather pastored for 40 years in 2013. Um, I was actually at another church um, being a youth pastor of all things. I don't know how in the world that happened, but I was. And uh, I loved those kids. I really did. But I'm not wired to be a youth pastor. But I did my best. And I, I, I hope I hope it, it bore some fruit in them. And I think that it did. Um, but I was almost upset because it wasn't long that I had taken that position, that church. And then he moved back home. And I'm like, what like you know like my god but I knew I was supposed to be where I was so fast forward past that a year and a half into being into my job at this other church making good money at the time I was 23 or 24 years old I mean making good money for that age I have no college degree and I'm doing what I'm good at I'm singing I'm doing audio I'm doing things like that it was a year and a half into being at that position and I was walking into my office and the Lord told me okay it's time to leave and I knew exactly what he meant. There wasn't a part of me that was going to pretend I didn't know what he meant. And so I left with no hope of a job. And at that time, the economy was really bad. Nobody was hiring. I mean, at anything. So I was like, what am I going to do for a position? Like, I don't know. I didn't care. I just knew that I was supposed to be with Pastor Brent. So I left my job. He didn't ask me to. He wasn't calling me to say, hey, come work for me. None of that. I just knew I was supposed to be with him. So with no hopes of a job or a position from him and no hopes of anything other than just serving him, I went to be connected to him. And I didn't care what it took. I knew that my life was supposed to be connected to his. And I didn't care if that meant I worked for free. I didn't care if that meant I scrubbed a toilet. I knew that I was supposed to be with him in some form or capacity. And I spent all of my time going, I want to honor and love this man and make his life easier. I want to do whatever I can to lift him up, Mm -hmm. to love on him, to push him, to do what I can. And I'm not saying that I've always been perfect at that, but my heart has always been pure towards him as a man of God because I knew he was different. And I knew that I was supposed to be connected to him. I think a lot of people ask the questions, well, you know, being connected to a spiritual father is great. Well, how do you know? And I, to be honest, there's no formula that I could give you to know. Mm-hmm. You're just going to know by the Holy Spirit who you're mm-hmm. supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and there's no way that I could tell you how to know that. Or, oh, come be paired with this guy. It may not be the right person for you. But I knew that I was supposed to be connected to him. And now, even being connected to him, and even now since moving here to, to Mobile, learning to be connected to Apostle Damon, being under his leadership. And it's been the greatest joy of my life. And, and being connected to these two men of God has, I just know this, let me, let me put it plainly. Everything that is good and everything that has worked in my life has been the result of two things. One, the grace of God, period. The second thing is being connected to a spiritual father period. Those two things, among many others, but those two things are the primary reason why I am anything that I am or anywhere that anybody would consider I am or how I've gotten to where I am. Um, And none of it has been because I desired to be in a position or to do anything. I was perfectly happy at the time when I was first getting connected to Pastor Bryn to literally come to the church that I grew up in and clean a bathroom. 
I literally didn't, I literally didn't care. I just wanted to be connected. And the things that came along with me then leading worship and being in leadership, that all came very naturally. But, but my desire to do those things is not what got me there. Me surrendering who I thought I was to the Lord and being connected to the right man is what got me there. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes people have dreams and things in their heart that is real, that is good. It's right. It's of the Lord. But I think people can be so consumed with getting to those things without ever surrendering those things to the Lord and saying, whatever I am or whoever I am, I give that all to you. And then being submitted to a man. And by submitted to a man, just for the sake of people that are listening, I mean my whole life is an open book to this man. There's nothing hidden. There's no part of me that I try to put a mask on. My whole life is an open book. And if he called me tomorrow and said, stop doing that, like, don't ever go there again. I'd be like, yes, sir, no, no problem. And it's not like conversations like that happen often, but the point is is that whatever I, he feels like needs to happen in my life or him, me being connected to him, what he feels like is important to me, I have always done my best to heed those things. And I have learned that when I've done that, everything's been just fine. Mm-hmm. It may not have worked out the way I thought it would, but I've been just fine ever since. And so... I think the importance of a spiritual father is you have to, you have to, I've heard Pastor Bren reference this story many a times. If Jesus had two fathers, how much more important is it for us? Yes, obviously, Jesus is the spiritual leader of my life. Holy Spirit guides me I, I, 100%. But also, Jesus had Joseph. And there was a man in his life that told him, we got to work, get up, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I think you should do this. I don't think you should do that. I'm going to help you here, going to guide you. And I think a lot of people can also look at those things as go, well, that's, that could be hindering or there's micromanaging, but it's never like that. Pastor Brian has never been a micromanager of my life, Apostle Damon, neither since I've been here. These are men that cheer me on, that, that push me into these realms, but they do so in a way that helps, that helps me understand those things appropriately, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that speaks volumes. And two, even the fruit in my life. It's like I've had people a lot of times, I've had even people in my own family go, well, I just don't understand. And it's like... I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. It's just like the, the fruit of my life ought to be proof enough. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but I'm saying the fruit of my life with my wife whom I love, my kids who are awesome and everything that I am, it's like the grace of God and a man in my life that I know. And even Apostle Damon has referenced Apostle Aaron as saying, that's my phone call. It's men like that in my life that I trust and love that I believe makes all the difference. And one last thing, and I promise I'll shut up after this. I think that it is doubly important for creatives because we are very emotional creatures. We're very, you know, you know, we, we can get lost in la-la land sometimes because there's so many good things. They're, they're not bad things. They're good things that are rolling in our minds and our hearts. And sometimes, not sometimes, at all times, you need that safety net of a father that says, go as, I'm going to allow you, I want to say this too, it's like the father is not the guy that goes, no, 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 stop doing that, it's that go as far as you need to because I'm right here. Mm -hmm. And if he needs to rein you in, great, but either way, there's safety there. That's the big key, and I think it's important, and I think that if you ask any individual that is truly, I'm talking about genuinely connected to a man, there's not a single one of them that would tell you that 
they ever regret that decision. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's important. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. And, um, it's, I think if I, if I think about how I got to this point of, of now having a spiritual father, someone I, I look up to and, and can uh, be fathered, is it's a totally new concept for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I grew up, I, I, I've always been a very critical person. Mm-hmm. My family overall, it's kind of critical things. And, and unfortunately, I grew up being very critical of authority overall. Always kind of had resistance with authority. And that unfortunately applied to pastors in my life as well. So it's always very, I was always very productive. So I was tolerated. <laughs> there's not a lot of people that, that do work very hard. So, oh, you know, so I think you're probably tolerated just because you get things done. <laughs> At least that's how I see it. Probably if I asked the pastor, I said, no, he was great, but um, I'm not sure. I, I remember <laughs> that I've, I haven't been a very easy person to lead uh, because of that always kind of challenging yeah. attitude and a little rebellious and questioning everything and never yeah. like, yes, sir. It's like, yes, sir, no, but why or this and that. Yeah. And because I was put in leadership in music very early in my life, you know, mm. with 14, 15 and then you think you, you know something and you know nothing. Yeah. Um, it, it makes no sense. When I look back, I'm like, my goodness. You know, <laughs> I don't know how I haven't been punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. Oh, uh, so, and I don't think I had good examples. I had mm. leaders in my life that also were kind of rebellious. Mm. And, and if you have someone that you admire that acts that way, it really kind of plants those seeds in your heart. So I've been like that. And, you know, when I was not happy with something, I would just like walk away and like forget about this, jump somewhere else and had no humility and honor. None of those concepts, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I can see as a fruit of that kind of life is total inconsistency. Yeah, that's a great thought. Yeah. In, at so many levels at friendships inconsistency in devotion inconsistency in fruit overall yes sir you know even personal life career money everything out of order yeah Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my whole life i feel like it's been a roller coaster things are going well and then they're bad and then well and then bad well and Mm -hmm. bad and kind of just if things are not good here, I'll just jump somewhere else and then jump somewhere else. So yeah. transitioning places, transitioning churches, and almost like this kind of vagabond, especially after I moved to the U.S. In Brazil, I, was, I grew up in the same church, even though I was kind of rebellious that way, but I still kind of stuck in the same place just because of familiarity. I was, right, you know, right. my family grew up there. I grew up there. My friends were there. It was kind of more of a familiar than anything else. But after moving to the U.S., where it started over, it's like, okay, now I'm going to make some choices, mm-hmm. you know. So it's been like that, I feel like, until I, I came into this family, where one way that I learn is, first of all, I, I do need to have a strong leader. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to be under someone that doesn't have that strong leadership. And, of course, Apostle Damon is... <laughs> leadership is extremely you know strong and powerful um but 
it's the example. Yeah. yeah. I learn from mm-hmm. observing. Yes. More yeah. than someone telling me how to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that has been the greatest um, experience for me once I, f- first of all, the, the way I, I connected was, you know, I, and I mentioned that in the first part podcast, but it was like listening to a message on a podcast. And that's why I love podcasts so much mm-hmm. because it changed the whole trajectory of my life, yeah. one podcast. So I really love podcasts and, you know, I hope that we can be a little bit of a, a light for someone that mm-hmm. eventually might listen to this. But, and I think a lot of people are on that boat of, I don't understand what a spiritual father is or how I even got get connected to someone or how do I follow someone and submit. I don't know where even to get started. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you how I got started. Was when I heard the message for the first time and I heard the frequency of the message. Mm. The only way that I can explain to people, and I've told that story a few times, is uh, when I first moved to the U.S., I didn't speak any English and it's tough. It's really tough. For the first few years, You, you I still have a hard time, so imagine 23 years ago. It's <laughs> miserable. Um, but you know, Massachusetts, where I moved, there was a lot of Brazilians. So when you don't speak the language, anybody that went to another country that you don't speak the language, almost like you feel like you are a baby in an adult body mm-hmm. because you can't express yourself. Yeah. You, the word, you don't have the words. You don't know what to say. It's just miserable. So I remember anytime I was in a place where I would hear someone speak Portuguese, I would just naturally run to that person and like, <laughs> oh my God, you speak Portuguese. And then I'll, I'll be like talking for a long time as if I knew that person for yeah. a long time. Just because I understand the language. He understands me. We can talk. We, I can express myself. Yeah. You know, that. So when I heard Apostle Damon for the first time, yeah. man, that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, Oh my God, someone speaks that language yeah. that I, I, I had given up, basically, mm. you know. And then I asked my wife, who is he? Where is he at? Where, you know, where can I go? See, just because of that frequency, yeah. you know. And, of course, the, the process of, of connecting, of becoming a spiritual son, that took, takes time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's not like you come, hey, father me, yeah. here I go. You know? <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. And it's, it's still taking time for me. I'm still maturing in that journey. And it's been six years in that journey. But the way I've learned after connecting and moving, the way I learn is by observing. And it's how I, I like to learn from other people and yeah. then submit <clears throat> to it and when I hear Apostle Damon talking about the importance of spiritual father, he's not teaching something for his benefit. That's right. Yeah. Right? People can say, oh, that's, you know, you talk about that because then people gonna, are going to just come and follow you. Or, but you can see on his own life how he has done that yeah. with his spiritual father. Amen. Mm-hmm. And it's not just saying, it's just the level of honor is unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. And not just with words. With money, yeah. With being present, yeah. with 
the levels of honor go really, really deep yeah. in so many ways. Absolutely. You know, and, and we don't even know the <clears throat> the depth of how that is when you know you're connected to someone for just like over thirty five years like he is. So that's a, being led by example. Mm -hmm. And then you can see the fruit in his life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want the fruit that he has in his life. Amen. You know what I mean? And I can clearly see that starts there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So by observing them, like, okay, there's something to that. Mm -hmm. So I want to learn yeah. how to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there was definitely the lesson about honor. I never knew what honor was. Mm. And then I come into this family and, man, the level of honor is incredible yeah yeah not just the way people love each other but there's the way people give money you know care for needs and mm -hmm. there's just this level of generosity mm -hmm. not everybody but for the people that <laughs> i want to <laughs> learn from <laughs> i can uh, see it yeah, yeah and in at a level that's challenging for me mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. when you see people giving like really big big checks you know to other people just for honor yeah, yeah you know and i'm like what is this yeah and then i see the whole thing about order yeah there's order to, to things mm. fruit will come from order mm -hmm. you know and order on every aspect of your life we're not just talking about spiritual things you know it's marriage it's parenting your finances mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and everything got touched in my life when i decided to follow this path absolutely yeah. yeah but it came from observing and then okay this is new to me but i'm just gonna do it yeah yeah and started to do okay let me understand what honoring a father is what putting things in order what honoring my you know friends the people the family and other people not just in the family anywhere you go and then i start seeing the fruit of that in my work okay let me apply that here yeah let me mm. learn to submit and serve That's good my manager yes as someone of authority let me learn how to make his life easy how to honor him for what he yeah, does because yeah, yeah. leading is hard work yes mm -hmm. And I, once I decided to serve, I'm like so much avoiding leadership. <laughs> I'm having such a good time. I don't know how many times at my job they're like trying to give me a position. I'm like, ah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no ambition here. No, thank to, you. To, to be a leader of anything right now. But I know things, you know, God has different things that will, in, in different areas, we change. But right now I'm really enjoying serving. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that might be good for people that are connecting to this family mm. is there's like this message does attract leaders. Yeah. But it's very difficult for someone that has that leadership in them to come and then not do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I want to tell as my personal experience, it's worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. worth serving. It's worth just putting that away. And if the Lord wants it to bring back, he will bring it back. Mm -hmm. yeah. But man, mm -hmm. it's such a pleasure to serve when you find the right person that you're going to serve. Amen. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the, so just tying back to the spiritual father thing. For me, the experience has been liberating, mm -hmm. 
because I have never been micromanaged at all. Yeah. I think he has no idea what I do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't say that in a way that it's bad. It's just yeah. it's freedom. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've been in situations where the, the leader wanted to know what books I was reading, mm-hmm. what I was mm-hmm. watching, mm-hmm. what if I was visiting any other church, and if I was, I couldn't, or things like that. Mm-hmm. But things that, you know, the leader found out that I wanted to go visit a friend in a different church, and they said, no, you can't, because that denomination doesn't, like, s- some things that are not even worth, yeah. you know, going there. But uh, it's just the freedom. There's no fear. I think one of one of the things that, some leaders have issue with is if I give them freedom, I may lose them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. If you lose them, maybe they're not supposed to be with you. Yeah. Because you give them freedom and you let them, you know, if they decide to go, it's, it's on them. I haven't seen this being on the leader. Yeah, that's right. You know, on the father, if there's their real <clears throat> connection. So I think there's there's been tremendous liberty and freedom for me. Mm-hmm. I think following the example of order, of honor, and applying those lessons to my life because I've seen anything that I've seen as an expectation from my spiritual father, I have seen him do for his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and a whole nother level mm-hmm. that I'm so far from from doing. And yeah. I hope I can do that one day or get to that level, but. Um, so the, the fruit of it has, has, I have seen in at home, I have seen in my ministry, I have seen at my job, I have seen in relationships. And so I, I only have amazing things to say about the experience. (laughs) So anybody listening to this, I'm like, it's worth it. Absolutely. And I think Tyler would be great to hear from your side yeah Yeah. i feel like this is such a man yeah i'm just sitting here like i'm almost like i don't really know what to say because it's it's such a it's such a big topic yeah Yeah. so if you feel like you need to nuance me down (laughs) uh then please do so um it's just such a big topic it's hard to really put your finger on any one thing in regards to um you know this subject um i would i would say Trying to think of the bet, like where to where to start with some of my thoughts on it. Um, hmm. I would say the number one thing that that was that I received as an invitation to kind of like begin to journey down this path of this type of order in my personal life was I seen the fruit in the life of people that I respected. Mm-hmm. I started looking at in the lives of of friends and peers and just just people that I I loved and I seen the fruit in their life versus the fruit in my life mm-hmm. and and they're one of the things that existed in their life that did not in mine was this this engagement of a relationship with spiritual authority with the spiritual father and man I can I remember it so distinctly like when I I think when I when I really started getting connected deeply to apostle D I remember just the look in people's eyes mm-hmm. was such an invitation to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember like, you know, Tay was talking about Brent earlier. Brent and I have been close for years. And, uh, and 
when I was in this process of kind of transitioning into South Carolina and stuff like that, Brid, uh, Bryn was a, an amazing almost, and he wouldn't care if I say this because he refers to himself this way a lot. He was an amazing bridge for me. Yeah. Like I, w- I wouldn't be where I am today with, without the consistency of his relationship in my life. And, mm-hmm. and it was, that wasn't even always deep. We've never, he and I, we don't have a relationship relationship like he and Taylor have. It was, it's more, it's a friendship. And it mm-hmm. was just, it was that the consistency of his friendship helped me receive an invitation to really step deeper into where we are today. But I just, I'll never forget like being in the season that I was in, you know, I was, I was searching, I was searching, man. Like I, I had, I was in a period where I, um, I'd stepped down from some like leadership roles I'd had. And, um, I found, and I've alluded to this a little bit in, in our previous episodes, but I, uh, I was in a full blown like identity crisis, mm-hmm. you know, cause I wasn't doing the thing that I'd always done, which is music and playing piano and producing and whatever. I wasn't doing that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I was trying to just trust the voice of the Lord, which I was doing. And I think I was, I feel like I can look back on it and say I was doing well, but at the same time, I didn't mean it wasn't hard. And I was like, I was frazzled big time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have a picture on my phone that I could, I could show you right now from, from, um, the day that a lot of this started like swirling Mm -hmm. in me. But I'm telling you a big indicator for me is I just seen, I, I would hang out with Bryn and I'd see the look in his eyes Mm -hmm. and see the fruit in, uh, his world and be like, I need this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I received that as kind of a invitation and, um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that's such a, that's a part, I feel like that's, anybody that has, feels compelled to this, this walk, I think you could use, look in the, look in the eyes of, of, of people that are endeavoring to walk a path of honor. Amen. Um, it's different. It's yeah. different. There's a different nuance yeah. to their life. There's a different cadence that they walk with. And I think a lot of it is just like, it's, it's the fruit that I now have begun to be able to experience in my own life. And that is, uh, man, there's just, there's safety in that relationship. Yeah. And you've just got to be willing to have irreproachable transparency mm-hmm. and trust in a person. And that's hard for a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they're afraid that they're going to be controlled or, or whatever. I can, I can stand here right now and say that I have never felt controlled for a single second. All I have ever felt is, is greater permission to be who I'm supposed to be. Yes, sir. And uh, who I'm meant to be. And this is a, you know, a person in my life that helps keep that centered, um, which is just, it's huge. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's irreplaceable. So the, the, the role of a, of a spiritual father in my life, it is 100% a non-negotiable, mm. non-negotiable period. I could eliminate all other things in my world. That thing would remain. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and my relationship with Apostle D is, it is that firm. It doesn't, it does not matter. Any, the old phrase, hell or high water. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's right. That's <laughs> you right. know, and, and I think for the person that, you know, may have a heart for this or, or they hear us discuss it and they have questions about it and things like that. Um, I feel like the gateway into finding who that person is for you is honor. Mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm where I am at today because of a of a lifestyle of honor, mm-hmm. um, and honoring from a honor, even honoring from a distance, and that's right, and things like that. Um, yeah, man, I I'm, I feel like I might be saying things and my thoughts are scattered, but it's just that's it's good. such a it's, it's such a a big topic, yeah, um, to me. Um, yeah, I've never. I've, I'll re- re- reiterate this one thing: I have never felt anything but permission. And man, that's just, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And I think the one thing, maybe another nuance that I would mention in for, for someone that is, you know, they have a heart for this in their own world is as, as Abba may be highlighting who that person might could be or whatever, do not submit your life to a man whose life is not also submitted to another man. That's exactly right. And that's I think exactly that's where right. a lot of the pitfalls happen in 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 this realm of conversation mm-hmm. is people attach their lives to insecure leaders mm-hmm. and those insecure leaders begin to control people. That's right. You know, and but if you, if you follow a man who is also following a man, yeah, you know, um, who has that same level of honor, it's it's irreplaceable. Yeah. I, like it's hard for I, it's hard for me to really condense it into words, like oh, yeah, what yeah. it is meant for my in my life. I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing. I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have the perspective that I have. Not creativity aside, like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the perspective that I have on life. That's right. With without the voice of an apostle in my ear. Yeah, that's it's right. Just, it's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. And I think uh, it's a, a good point for us to talk about is the last thing, uh, at least we can say for us, that Apostle Damon is worried about is talent. That's right. He could absolutely care less. Right? No doubt about it. He has, like, I say say that, he could care less. He has value. Like, he doesn't, like, not value the attributes of your life, but that does not move the meter on his relationship and his view. That's exactly right. And I think for us that being in church for so many years and play for so many years, man, you you become a target of leaders. Yeah. Like, that guy plays. Let me see if I can get him. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. It becomes a relationship of, and and then if you start talking about money, it becomes a transaction. That's right. I'm going to hire that guy. He plays the way I want or and it becomes a transactional transactional relationship. That's right. And we're talking about here a level of relationship that you playing or whatever you're doing is irrelevant. That's right. Irrelevant. Because it's about the person. That's it's about right. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're interested mm-hmm. in who you are. That's right. Not just who you are as a person but who we know you can become who Jesus oh, yeah. wants to turn in into. Amen. So actually, uh-huh. they're more, even more interesting of you becoming who you actually are, becoming who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Having and that voice in my life has been the greatest trumpet of beloved identity. Amen. For yeah. Me. It's yeah. the greatest trumpet of beloved identity, which in turn, it kind of dismantles the, the, that alone dismantles the label of, musician or worship leader or singer or whatever because like i mean if we have we don't sit around and talk about what we do ever never <laughs> ever yeah. i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean that's just you know because that's not who we are no nope. yeah. we just resonate with with what i was sharing with us yeah <clears throat> and and i think that's key for creatives absolutely mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the experience we have it's is it's being used 
Yeah. Right. And even the language we had in church about, you know, God's going to use you. Oh, it's you terrible. Know, you know, slaves are used. Sons just you inherit. That's right. And uh, we are sons. We are sons and daughters. And uh, that has been a, a big shift for yeah. me where, you know, I'm not here because there's a level of interest That's in what right. I do mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the talent. That's mm-hmm. just irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I think the key to that, too, honestly, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head, and this is the phrase that came to my heart, all parties involved have no agenda. I had no agenda towards Pastor Brand or Apostle Damon, and they had no agenda towards me other than to see me be and understand that I am the most righteous and beloved individual in God's eyes, and that's it. And because because this is the thing, at first, my initial reaching out, I, I could probably trace back to going, my life is missing something, and I don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. But then I learned by just naturally being connected, all of you, you referenced it earlier, all of those areas of my life were touched without me trying or having to say, oh, if I get connected to this person, all these things in my life are going to get touched. I never thought that. I just got connected and all of those things were naturally touched, changed, put in order and in proper place of value. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is like never one, I, I can't tell you how many countless times that I was told by Pastor Brent and I've been told several times by Apostle Damon, I don't care what you, what you can do. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you mm-hmm. and I want you to love your wife mm-hmm. and I want you to love your kids and I want mm-hmm. you to be mm-hmm. present in your home and I want you to go after Jesus with all of your heart. I don't care about anything else. Whether you become a better player or whether you are a better singer or you can read a room or you can lead better, like all of those things, like I, I, I understand what people mean, but those things are naturally, I think people oftentimes come into situations and go, I need these things fixed, right, about myself or my life. And yes, that may be true, but they're not fixed by turning your attention to those things. They're fixed by you turning your gaze to him. And by turning your gaze to him, you then find other people that have their gaze turned towards him, i.e. a spiritual father. And that's the thing that I knew. I didn't think that, you know, Pastor Bryn was a perfect individual or without fault or that apostle Damon has never, you know, he's perfect in all of his way. But I, but I thought to them, like they are men that love their families. They love God. And they, there is something different on their life that I desire to be in mind, but not to be parlayed in ministry, but to, to know that there's, there was something missing in my heart. Not that there was something missing from my life financially, or there was something It's like all of those things got dealt with anyway. And I think that's the key is like, again, I had no agenda towards him. None, zero. Mm -hmm. I I didn't think to myself like, well, this person is the perfect stepping stone to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought that, not once. And that's that's the thing too you talked about. You talked about honor, Ty, and I know you even referenced honor as well. It's like, again, I referenced my grandfather. Like, I think I just had honor so, it was so well established in me to honor and to honor well, whether that be financially, giving of my time, whatever that meant. And all I knew is like, I'm just gonna basically throw myself at this person to say, I love you and my whole life is yours. And whatever you say is what you say. Yeah. And and I and then my life's never been the same in a great way. And and people go, well, I don't understand that. And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I don't either. <laughs> I don't understand it either. It's just, I know my life changed when I did it. Uh-huh. 
you know, and I, and I, I can even hear people <laughs> saying, well, how do I find the right person? How do I know who that person is? And, and, and again, only you know who that person is by the Holy Ghost, number one. And number two, an, another witness of that is when you look, because I can look at Apostle Damon right now and see, not only does he love the Lord, not only is he a man after God's heart, but he loves his, his marriage is amazing. He loves his wife. I mean, like I've never seen anybody. He loves his children. He Every part of his life is geared towards those ways. And when I look at him, I see those different things in his eyes, and I see it impacting his everyday life. Mm-hmm. And that's where I go, that's, that's the guy. That's the man. Yeah. That's the man that I want to I honor and submit my life to. Yeah. And I think all of us at this table can say there's, there's no regret in that whatsoever. Yeah. I don't and regret it, it. And I think there's that thing you, you mentioned, Tyler, about looking in the eyes of the person. <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. one thing that has been a great uh, way for me to uh, not read the person, but understand if that person is, is someone I want to be connected with is peace. Yeah. yeah peace yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. And, yeah. and once you, you know, once you've dealt That's with cool. having anxiety and, and fear, all those things that we, we all deal with, once you get into that, you know, striving's gone and you are in that position of, okay, I'm not really striving. And it's not lack of ambition. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's just a different way. It's a different path. Yeah. And you start seeing that, okay, now I'm anxiety is disappearing and then I can start feeling peace and joy. That becomes a a way for you to measure things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anytime in my life that I feel like, man, it feels like something's kind of disturbing the peace. What is it? Immediately you can kind of pinpoint. But when you live in chaos, you don't, yeah, yeah. there's no way for you to pinpoint. <laughs> <that thing. laughs> mm-hmm. But once you can bring that center of your life to peace and joy, then that can become something that can help you guide you on, uh, you know, if, if something's out of order, mm-hmm. it's going to disturb your peace. Yeah. And it can be in different areas. And the same thing you can witness in the eyes of the person. A person that walks in peace, it's that frequency resonates yeah. immediately. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and that's a huge thing about, you know, walking with Apostle Damon is like seeing that peace mm-hmm. in the eyes. For you sure. Know, I'm not yeah. striving for anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to impress anybody. Yeah. I'm just going with where this Holy Spirit's telling me to go mm, and that's good. good. Mm-hmm. And that brings a level of peace. And you can see that in different people. Like a person that I see, always see that is like when I, when I see Pastor Bill Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you look at him and you see peace. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so that kind of, so for people that try, are trying to find that person, try to look at it in that way. Yes. Do you see peace? Yeah. Do you see joy? Is that a life that you like to replicate yourself? Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. see those peace and joy in the wife and the kids and the way they live their lives? Yeah. And, you know, and none related to ministry or church or yeah, doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- those are the the people that I think struggle the most with this environment and language and kingdom culture is people that still thinking in ministry. Yeah, this the, the, this this type of thing has nothing to do with ministry whatsoever. That's right. I mean, rarely if ever do I ever have a conversation with apostle about ministry. <laughs> we'll have 
mean, we'll have practical conversations sure. about things going on, you know, like at the church and things like that. But that, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's yeah. it's the it is it is absolutely just relationship. Yes, it's it's care for one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think I think sometimes a perception of mm. having spiritual authority in your life is rules. Yeah, and people don't like rules. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. you know, especially certain types of people. And you know, since we're talking to creative people, I mean, I've I've <laughs> I have had some pretty emotional <laughs> musicians in my day, and that's an understatement. <laughs> you know, and uh, like this is not it's not rules on any level. That's it's right. just relationship. It's not about church stuff. It's not about ministry stuff. It's about life. life yes. It's about life. life. It's about right. family. It's a, it's, it's a, it's about how you are doing in life. Yeah. Not, not, you know, rarely do we have conversations about our Friday night gatherings. Yeah. Rarely if ever. Yeah. You know, and it's about relationship. You know, how often do we talk about Friday night gatherings? Never. <laughs> never. Never. It's, <laughs> never. Even, it's even hard to get people to even focus, right? We get together for rehearsal before service. Like, yeah. guys, we kind yeah. of need yeah. 10 yeah. minutes just to run one yeah. song. Yeah. 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 And, and Rudy's a talker, guys. Rudy's a talker. Rudy's a talker. I usually... I usually have to send somebody after Rudy before before every service starts. We're like, "Where's Rudy at?" Well, he's talking to some random person in the back corner again. Must be somebody here that speaks. He's doing life. Somebody doing here. Life. Somebody here speaks Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's found I, him. I need to avoid coming in through the church. Yeah, I have to go nothing. through the side so I, I can see anybody. If oh, I start man. talking, forget about it. Now, I, I want people to feel in this topic that like, man, this isn't heavy. Yes, that's great. Yes, that's right. Like exactly, is it heavy? No, yeah. like it, like it's it's a joy to have your life joined yeah. to spiritual authority. Yes, it yeah. is. It's it's a like it's not a heavy thing. No, it's not. You know, and I wouldn't even I would almost even venture to say it's not a deep thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's great depth comes from it. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a relationship. Time. That's right. It's a relationship, and it's trust. Yeah, that's you know? right. And I think people have become, I think when people say, because I think one of the other areas, the reason why people make it so heavy and so like, like thing, is because of past hurt from other people that they felt like were authority in their life. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is too, is it's like, listen, man, I, I don't know everybody's story, so I'm not going to make a blanket statement. There may be some, and I'm sure there is some absolutely genuine Cases of things where people were done absolutely wrong mm-hmm. by someone that they respected, honored, and revered. And I yeah. understand that. I get that. I empathize with that. But in a lot of ways, people, regardless of what they know, it goes back to even my thought about agenda. They, have an, they had an agenda that they disguised with the word expectation in their heart mm-hmm. towards an individual mm-hmm. that that individual then didn't meet, that yeah. then got them offended, yeah. that then caused issue in their heart with spiritual authority. And your issue is not with spiritual authority. Your issue is beloved identity. Mm-hmm. And I know that in my own life. And Pastor Bren referenced, he, he taught us last Friday night or the Friday night before, I can't remember. And one of the things that he said that was so important is that a lot of times when you feel that offense arise or things towards people, it actually has nothing to do with those individuals. 
It has everything to do with the insecurity in yeah, your heart. It's in here every it's, time. It's in here. It's because you don't every know time. who you are. Yeah. And I know that in my life. Every time I've gotten offended or I've, I'll tell you what, boy, that person is like, that person actually didn't do anything. Or in, even if they did, what am I going to do about it? I have to choose honor in those particular times. And people say, well, what do I do with those people? You love them. You honor them. And you, and you, you do what God tells you to do. When I was at this other church, those pastors were amazing. They were awesome, genuinely. Um, spoke into my life, loved me. But they did things in a very ministerial way. And there were things that when I left that were done to my wife and I that I could have absolutely been completely offended about. And people came to me from that particular church and other places to, wanting to talk about it. And I shut it down every time. Mm -hmm. And not because I didn't have a story. And not because if I would have said anything that I wouldn't have been valid. I absolutely would have been, but I wouldn't have been. Yeah. And that's the facts. I chose honor over that. And so people have to get past putting these things onto leaders. Spiritual father is not something that's so heavy to go. This person's going to solve all my problems. That's why I'm getting connected to them. And it's like, you're missing it. Being connected to them should, like you said, the greatest joy of your life, not the magic pill. Although it will fix all those things, that's not the agenda. I see that man and, and that woman of God, I connect to them, and I know that I just want to love and honor them to, to, to the nth degree. And that's going to change my life naturally out of that. And so people just have to stop putting those expectations on leaders and putting all of their hope and faith in Christ. And when they do that, become assured of their beloved identity, then being connected to a father becomes one of the easiest things you'll ever do in your life. There is no pressure. There is no agenda. There is no false expectation on individuals like that. You don't think that way anymore. Yeah. You're like, I just love that man. Yeah. People ask me about Pastor Bren. I, I just love that man. I love him. People ask me about Paul. I just love that man. That's all I can say about it. It literally I, has nothing to do with, it has, with church I, or ministry. I, or, it I really could, don't. I, I could care less if they have a I microphone. Could I could stop doing every bit of that tomorrow. No doubt. And no, nothing changes. Nothing changes nothing whatsoever. Because there's still a voice in my life, mm -hmm. and I'm thankful for it every single day. And and I, I could not imagine my life without them in my life. Yeah. And, that's and, I, and I think you go go both ways, right? We have the assurance that they're not looking to get rid of you, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm stuck with you as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that was worded so great. <laughs> I'm stuck with you. Like, I have to deal with you. You know what I mean? There's the other side of the coin. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm really rethinking this. Yeah. <laughs> Flip that coin, Rudy. That's but good. I mean... You have the assurance that, hey, even if you screw up, yes, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that person's mm -hmm. going to be there for you. Absolutely. Because they're you're not there just when you're doing the right thing or when, you know, you're good. When you're in, in bad shape, they're supposed yeah. to be there and they that's will right. be there. So mm -hmm. I think that's great. Now, I'd like to make a quick transition on to teaching yeah. because I think that's so huge in... Uh, what happens here in, yeah. in our family yeah. It's just the, the value for the word, mm -hmm. the value for going deep in, in, in devotion, but going deep in understanding what God is speaking through the word and the revelation uh, that apostles bring you. 
And that's another thing about leading by example that I value mm-hmm. so much. You have a great pers- perspective on that. Absolutely. Yeah. The we, leading by example thing. It, because for mm-hmm. me, and, and that's something I even, I, I told apostles, like one thing that I appreciate about you the most about your teaching is that it's the, the way I see happening is God speaking to him. He's studying, he's dedicating hours and hours. And then it's almost like he's preaching to himself first. Yeah. And he's going through what the Lord is trying to change in his life. And then he comes teach us by saying, Hey, this is what God's speaking. This mm-hmm. is kind of how it happened in my life. And let's go do this. Yeah. And at least that's kind of the way I, I'm simplifying, but yeah. that's, I feel like how I've done in, in my life is like, okay, he's teaching this, he's doing this way, applying to his life. And this is what God is doing as yeah. a result. And then I'm like, all right, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, Oh my God, that's happening. It's flipping everything. Yeah. All right, let's go next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been incredible. Because it's 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 being teaching by experience. Yes. I, I love being taught by experience. But yes. yeah. this is the result of this. And then you go, you do it, and wow. Yeah. And I think for us as creatives, one thing that I love about uh I I, I value us writing the 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 language of the culture. That's why I appreciate kind of writing our own music, creating mm-hmm. our own music. And, and a lot of our music has been instrumental, which is amazing, but also a lot of the music, especially the past few years, have been spontaneous writing or mm-hmm. creating the mm-hmm. moment and then working on those songs. And none of the worship experience we have here come outside of the foundation of the teaching. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. Sure. And it starts with beloved identity, which we, we, we have talked a little bit about last episode. Yeah. And how us understanding who we are then has tremendous impact in what we create. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I would love to talk a little bit about how the teaching has impacted your creativity. Uh, uh, and, and Tyler, I think you, mm-hmm. you know, you have written a lot of songs and I, I want to share one of those songs here uh, towards the end. But how do you see that the foundation of the teaching and how that impacts what we create? Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's huge. <clears throat> this is another one of those questions that I'm like, whoo. <laughs> what? That's a loaded part question. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Part two of the podcast starts right now. Yeah, what, I have to split this what one. What avenue do you go down yeah. in, in, the, in the thought of that? Yeah. Um, I would almost, maybe this is not the best way to put it, but I would almost say that how the teaching... <clears throat> how the teaching affects our creativity is simply a byproduct of how it's affecting our lives personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that the teaching actually n- touches my creativity specifically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what that is doing in me, oh, that's good. then in turn stirs yeah. creativity from that posture in yeah. that seat. That's good. Um, an example of, I think an example of that would be, it, everything comes back to, identity at the end of the day like uh, i think we'll preach forever beloved yeah. beloved identity and yeah. beloved righteousness being the, the just the foundation of life and all the things you do uh out or in life are a byproduct of that yeah um but i remember i distinctly remember a few years ago how um as in the early years of 
us inheriting some of this language, even about beloved identity and things like that. Again, a pillar of teaching for us. Um, I really felt from the Lord to, uh, this is how it has, I'll just give an example of how it's affected my, my creativity personally. For years and years, um, I would view um, any time that I spent behind an instrument um, or um, if I was writing music, producing music, working on an album, whatever it might be, when I was in that seat of creativity, I would, I think I would have a very practical lens associated with that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think my heart was um, postured in worship to the Lord. I think I've always had a pure heart in that sense, but you would get in certain seats where you would begin to create and it just turned just flat practical mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that's wrong. Sure. Yeah. I'm giving an example of how this has changed my perspective. Um, it was just, it was a very practical thing that you would do. You would sit down and be like, okay, we're going to, let's work on this song. And then mm-hmm. what would unfold is what would unfold again, nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember as I was beginning to, uh, grab a hold of this, this teaching and getting more rooted in, uh, the identity factor and not associating my identity with gifts as, as I was walking that process out. Um, I felt like I heard a whisper from the Lord to begin to any time that I would um, kind of go into a time of devotion on my own prayer, devotion, whatever. I began to do that in the seat of creativity. Mm. And, and so I would, uh, you know, I would sit down and I began to flip my perspective on it and I would go, okay, this is something he has created me to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I sat down on this piano in my living room, he loves it. Yeah. He good. loves every it's second good. of it. And what I'm, and what I'm doing in sitting here is worship. Yes, sir. Yeah. It is devotion. <laughs> I may not, there, there, there is the day where you're, you're sitting in the chair and you have the coffee and you, you know, whatever you're doing, you're doing that the typical picture of devotion or whatever. And that's, that's great. But myself, I possess a particular gift that some people don't. Mm. And therefore I possess a particular language that some people don't. Mm. And so through, through the, the gift of music, the gift of creativity, I now have a vehicle and a language that I can use to commune with Abba. That's good, man. And when and and I so I began to then just sit down and I no longer viewed what I was doing as like um, repetition of a practicality. It was man, this is just dev- devotion to the Lord. It's that Zoe life thing mm-hmm. that that we've talked about a lot. It's like everything we do is worship unto the Lord. You know, it's it's like us doing this right now. Yeah. That's right. It's worship. It's Absolutely. you know, it it and. Uh, I uh, so I, I began to kind of embrace that that um, that flow in my own life, and um, and for a long time, I was just trying to follow whispers. And uh, for a long time, any of those moments, they were just private. They were between me and the Lord. You're you know, we're just. I would play. I would create um, a lot of sounds that would later. Um, be used in services or whatever. They were mined out in that time, in these moments of communion. And um, uh, I, I remember when I felt from the Lord, 
um, that it's okay to begin to record these moments of devotion, mm-hmm. kind of creative devotion that we were, that I was having. And uh, I didn't, I just felt like it just, I felt it was okay to do. And I thought, well, this would be, this would be just, well, no intention of mm-hmm. ever doing anything with what, what's being created. Mm-hmm. I would simply go into a place of devotion, creativity with an instrument, and I'd press a red button, and that was it. And um, that, that represented a few things for me. Number one, it began to dismantle my production consciousness, mm-hmm. and it began to get me in this, into this uh, way of thinking that allows me to not view creativity uh, practical, practically, mm. you know, to be able to sit down and create these layers and it, and it be worshiped. Cause for a long time it was just, you know, you're producing a record. It's practical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and so I, uh, I began to record these sessions and just, um, you know, had no intention of ever doing anything with them. And then probably about a year later, um, I heard a whisper from the Lord at a, at a, a prayer that we were having at Hope Chapel um, to uh, begin to share some of these moments of just creative devotion mm. to the Lord. And um, it actually ended up turning into the As Long As It Takes instrumental record. Mm. And so I, I like to look at that album as that's the first album that I was ever a part of in any way creating that was solely made from a seat of devotion and not from a seat of um, production. Yeah. Wow. And in, a, and in an attempt to make something to market. Yeah. Yeah. There was zero intention ever attached to any track on that album to ever let any human being hear it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but a whisper come from the Lord. It's like, hey, you yeah. should share these. I, I re- there was something going on. Like there was, I think we were, we were in a particular type of like flow mm-hmm. and it was like that album coming into our world as a family at that point in time was, it was a big deal. It mm-hmm. was huge to have that sound and that vehicle yeah. in the posture of, of prayer for everybody. Yeah. And, um, but that's, that's a, that's a way that I feel like obviously how the teaching has affected my own personal life. Mm-hmm. And then in turn, it did affect my creativity. That's um, good just by the things that it was changing in me, yep. the perspectives that it was changing in me and, and things like that. And 90% of it's rooted in identity Yeah, so <laughs> and good. it's, and it's rooted in identity. And I can, man, I can, I feel like I could say this to musicians until the day I die. You are not what you do. That's right. Yeah. You're just not what you do, man. That's right. That's right. That's so huge. you are a son of Papa period. That's right. If you do something inside of that, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's not who you are on any level. And that'd be the greatest thing that I feel like I could ever trumpet yeah. to anyone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing example. And actually, my, I don't know for how many years, to this day, actually, Ben goes to sleep with that album. Wow. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, and, uh, and, and for many years, the you know, when kids were babies, we will have them them music. So I actually gonna put the link to that album on this on this episode so you yeah. can you can check it out. It's an amazing uh, uh record. Uh and it's an, a great great example. And I think it's something that Apostle says uh, he said a few times where you don't make a new sound for trying to make a new sound. 
you're becoming a new man. The mm. new man makes a new son. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's the yeah. power great of <laughs> great line. That's the power of identity. Yes, sir. Mm. Creating from the assurance of who you are mm-hmm. is very different. Yes. Yeah. Creating from doubt, creating from insecurity, creating from fear, creating mm. from anxiety. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. that you can still create. Because yeah. you have the gift. If God gave you the gift, you you know. But what comes from a person that knows who they are, yeah, that it's at peace, that has joy. Yeah, man, the world needs that kind of creativity. Mm-hmm. When no I think about it, when I think about that creativity too, I think about it in the simplest of forms. I think about my two daughters. I have a, um, I have an eight-year-old daughter, Lillian, and I have a. Uh, five and a half year old daughter EJ, firecracker. It's just total firecracker, like a, a constant TNT from the firecracker <laughs> store. I mean, just constant, right? But what I think about is so important about them is is they love to sing, but they they have no concept of creativity. They just know that they are my daughters. And they do that out of the joy of their heart while they're cleaning their room, while they're brushing their teeth. And these things that come up out of them, it bubbles up pride in my heart as their father, but not because of what they're doing, because of who they are to me. They're my daughters. And that's what's, that's the cool part. The cool part about that happening with them has nothing to do with what they're doing. I beam with pride because of who they are to me. They are my beloved girls, and I love them with all of my heart. So when Lillian sings her heart out and I can hear her upstairs doing so, I don't think to myself like, boy, what a great range. <laughs> boy, what, a, what an interesting way to turn that lyric. I don't think that. I just think, wow, what a gift Yahweh has given me. Yeah. And that's the importance about a musician not being who what excuse me that's the importance of a musician not being what they do it's about who they are and the reason why abba is so proud of you is not because you played the drums so well or you have a five octave range as apostle would say or you you do this or you do that it's because he looks at you in your fullest alive state and goes that's it that's my son that's that's my daughter that's 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 who they, man, they're amazing. And not because of what they're doing, but because they're becoming who they are. And that's important, man. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. I think it's huge how you are not waiting for your daughters to become their mature self for you to no. be excited about. And it, it's, it's something that Apostle talks about all the time, how he's not in a hurry to see his kids grow up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I... You know, I'm a father, you're a father, you know that, you know, they actually grow up too fast. There's no you doubt. Know? I'm not in a hurry to see my three-year-old become a 21-year-old and leave the house. And, At all. And become her full mature adult. Yeah. I'm not in a hurry for that. And I think it's the same thing with the Lord. He's not in a hurry for us to become anything. No. He's actually enjoying you where you are. Even if you think you're far of, of being who you're supposed to be or, you know, you think you're whatever it is. Yeah. You know, he's actually excited about you exactly where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're still immature, if there's still a whole journey ahead of you, 
He's excited about the journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's excited That's actually about key. walking with you. That's right. No matter what part of the journey you are on. That's so, right. Um, yeah. It's, man, it's been awesome. Uh, so, I would love to share a song and, and and as an example. So I'm gonna share that album, but I had a song in my heart here that has been really, really important to our family in the past few years that Tyler England wrote. And that song came out of a very important message we had years ago. And that's actually another thing that I had experienced in, in, in this culture here is that I don't ever remember before wanting to go back to listen to one of my pastor's message ever <laughs> ever <laughs> uh, rough <laughs> <laughs> sorry to my friends you know <laughs> to anybody yeah. who's listening that i know i apologize <laughs> i'm apologizing but oh it's just that gosh. the the depth in and and of this word and how much is impacting us at a really deep level, yeah. you actually do need to go back and Absolutely. like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I need so to kind to. of, you have to, Yes, you know, and, and I think I, you know, I would say every message I go back to, I'm just like, I need to kind of really, really get this. And then I think that turns into, it becomes part of our language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that language naturally comes out in music form, you know? And I think there was a message many years ago 2017, actually, I'm going to put the link to those messages as well if people want to go back to and listen to. And Apostle was preaching about Ehud and preaching about, you know, he was a judge, he was left-handed, and uh, he was very peculiar. But then he gets to who Ehud's father was, and mm. his name was Gera, and then the meaning of the name was Seed. And I, re- I, I remember clearly so how... Good the room shifted when he started preaching about mm-hmm. Gera. Like his father, all we know about his father is he's a, he was a seed. Mm. But that just became like, he, he started saying like, what if we are just a seed yeah. for yeah. the next generation? Yeah. What if yeah. we're just stewarding the environment too? Oh, and I remember he's saying like, someone stewarded the environment for Billy Graham mm-hmm. where he grew up. Mm-hmm. Someone stewarded the environment mm-hmm. to name any person you think of. And what if we are here stewarding the environment for the next Billy Graham? That's so yeah. good. For yeah. the next. And then that became this whole conversation. It was really a, uh, probably the launching point for the uh, perspective of generational legacy. Yeah. Yep. And in tandem with that, the dismantling of all of the emphasis on on personal destiny. Personal destiny. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Mm-hmm. And and for creatives, there's such a strong uh, emphasis of personal destiny. No mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And one thing that I think so many times is, man, one thing is for you to write a song that becomes a hit today. Mm-hmm. Another thing is to write a song that someone will be singing 500 years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one you want? The yeah. hit now, yeah. or a song that's going to impact people hundreds of years, generations, yeah. you know, and I think that's kind of the, this whole transgenerational uh, thinking and, and, and generational legacy gives us that perspective mm-hmm. that we're not just writing for creating a song; mm-hmm. we're yeah. creating language. And I think even um, man, his name slipped here, but uh, 
you know, this this whole thing about we are writing the language for uh, the next generation mm-hmm. of our encounters, of our experience with God, so other people can actually leverage that language. Like, yeah. wow, they are they were seeing something yeah. that I want to I want to mm-hmm. you know experience so, myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So out of that message, I remember there was a you know for weeks we were talking about generational legacy and seed and. And then uh, Tyler, actually, the the same night, you wrote. Yeah, a you song, so you actually, we were talking it. about this a little yeah. bit before the uh, podcast started. You remember more about you. You remember more specifics about that message yeah. and about that night and all those things. But I, I didn't remember a lot of those specifics. But I do remember being deeply impacted and greatly compelled mm. that night and. That was uh that was back in back in those days of Carolina revival. We would do Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to that word. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Taylor is not a morning guy. Only any. <laughs> Although chapel this morning, hey, we, we had some fun. I felt we the had fire. some fun. I, and it was early. Rudy, I we went up fun. a key. I was feeling. Oh, fine. I went to see today. I went to see today. On. And early. Oh. I'm trying. And early. <laughs> I'm trying. Clean see at nine in the morning. Oh yeah, my voice was hurting. But obviously that message, like, it was huge. And um, I remember going home that night and, man, just like, mm. just really just kind of resonating with what had been said and, like, all this stuff. And I just started hearing these lyrics. And, I, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday, sitting in my bed with my legs legs crossed at 2 o'clock in the morning with a notepad and my little Taylor GS Mini and wrote this. It's one of the only songs I've ever written from top to bottom in one setting. Um, most songs I have, they have taken a long time mm-hmm. to kind of mine out what's right about them. This is the only one that I have has ever been written from top to bottom, done in that moment, sealed, and had that confidence. Yeah. Um, but it had to just be from what was what was resonating that night. But yeah, that I think that even just that little nuance, just a little side note, even before we listen to this, would be, man. Hear the whisper when you're supposed to pin this oh, stuff. That's so oh, yeah. right. That's <laughs> you know a good what word. I mean? Yep. Be open, just be open and available. And don't ignore those little whispers when you have these little don't nuances and melody and lyric and things like that stirring you. Don't ignore that, man. You know, because and don't think, oh well, it'll be there tomorrow. It won't. It won't. Yeah. It it'll won't, be gone like it that. It won't yeah. respond to it, you know, because you never know what will unfold from it. There's Sometimes no you may respond to it and be like, you may get done and be like, oh, all right, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but my heart was good. That's right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then sometimes, you know, something something strong that That's has exactly that right. is impactful um, comes from it. Yeah. Should I, I read I, the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, I think it would be great if you, if I have, you read the I had the, When we started talking about this, I, I looked on my phone to see if I had the lyrics anywhere because I haven't heard this song in a very, very long time, years. And um, on my note, it's April 23rd. Is that today? It's no, April 26th today. Yeah. Weird. Six years. That is wild. <laughs> Weird. April 23rd, 2017 at 2.30 in the morning. Um, so the, here, I'll, I'll just kind of read through the lyrics of the song. Nothing is hidden here. All things are possible here. Mm. Don't question what you hear. It's the sound, sound of your father. He's casting seed. See, he understands legacy. He's making a place for you. He's making a place for you where, and then the course would say, weird is easy, peculiar is normal. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. He knows you're left-handed. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. 
Second verse reads, there's no limits here, not a trace of fear. Wonder will draw you near, near to the Father. Get as close as you can, see, know, understand. He's made a place for you. He's made a place for you where? Weird is easy, peculiar is normal. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. He knows you're left-handed. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. Third verse, my fa- this is my favorite verse. So I'm going to cast my seed, hmm. even though it may not have anything to do with me. Because down the road, I see sons, sons and daughters. They are happy and free. Mm-hmm. See, they've never known captivity. Only a place where weird is easy, peculiar is normal. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. He knows you're left-handed. There's permission to be who you're supposed to be. So good. Man, amazing. It's a great spot for us to end today. Thank you, guys. It was awesome. Yes, sir. And so this song is called Weird is Easy. I'm going to put the link if you want to listen to it. It's in our podcast for Sounds from the Family. It's actually the very first song on that uh, on that podcast. Is it really? Very first song. And, uh, and you posted November 15, 2017. So really? it was months after, wow. you know, months after. Wow. And this song has been really impactful since that day. Yes. Um, so I'll bless you with that. Thanks so much. See you next time.
Sons, sons and daughters 